Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Monday edition, best of outkick. Just FYI, this is all Game of Thrones. All Game of Thrones on the best of. We're diving in. Appreciate you. Enjoy. Hey, stick to sports guy. Stop bitching. We'll get right back to sports in a few minutes. This is different. Right now it's... Outkick the Thrones. A GOT recap. Call our studio lines now with your reaction and theories from around the country at 877-996-6369. That's 877-99-ON-FOX. All right. I understand this may be a controversial opinion. I found the end of last night's episode to be thoroughly unfulfilling. We have been waiting for years to see what happens when the Night King comes face-to-face with uh, our, our heroes, right? The Starks, the, uh, the, the surviving Lannisters, everybody. We have been waiting for this moment ever since uh, this show really began. And I thought that the way that Arya killed the Night King was completely ridiculous. She comes out of nowhere no one sees her coming. She somehow leaps over the entirety of the entire White Walker army and then just stabs the Night King and everybody dies and that's it. I thought it was absurd. Now, and look, 
people say, well, there are live, there are dragons, there are ice dragons, there are walking people who are uh, who are zombies, and they're killing people and they're turning their eyes blue. Look, I am willing to suspend disbelief in order to enjoy a uh, episode. For instance. Uh, you know, like uh, the the uh, there are any number of things that are completely unrealistic about tons of shows that I love, whether it's Star Wars or, you know, an easy example in Star Wars is gravity exists in only one direction in Star Wars, right? Like um, and, and there are all sorts of physical impossibilities that exist in Star Wars, but I'm willing to buy into it. There are all sorts of absurdities that exist in game of thrones the magic works but as long as the magic is established and the rules remain consistent i'm willing to buy into this special world where the things that exist in my own life and my own world don't exist right but i just uh i think game of thrones has what i loved about game of thrones was two things one the unpredictability two the fact that no one was safe three the fact that when you really break it down, this is a story about power and the pursuit of power and what that does to people. Hence the quest for the Iron Throne. And I think so far this year that a lot of the payoff has been simply that people waited a long time for these episodes. And that if you were watching them all in the last six months, you would watch season eight and you wouldn't have the same built-in enjoyment. And look, I love this show, but I thought that the battle for Winterfell was relatively unsatisfying. I thought there were several things that stood out. One, whoever is designing the battle plan should be immediately drawn and quartered because there was no no sense or uh, at all to this battle plan. Uh, why the Dothraki run off and attack on their horses why uh, you had the uh, why you had him outside the castle walls to begin with? There was no rhyme or reason. Daenerys has managed to waste her entire army now, as we start to get ready to pivot to go down to uh, to Winterfell, uh, down to King's Landing. And I also there's almost no dialogue whatsoever in this show. It was shot in the dark. I don't know about you guys. But this has been an issue for me all season long. So much of the show is happening in the dark that I can't tell what's going on. Like, I couldn't tell who was on what dragon. I couldn't tell what direction things were going. I was standing in front of my television, like, trying to figure this stuff out. Why did they spend so much money on this episode? And then you can't even tell half the time what's going on. Also, the people who died. None of them are significant in the grand scheme of things to the overall trajectory of the show. Let me explain. When Ned Stark got decapitated at the end of season one, that changed everything about the course of the show. When the Red Wedding happened and Rob Stark and Caitlin Stark and Rob Stark's uh, uh, queen all got killed, that happened out of nowhere and completely altered the trajectory of the show. The significant characters now matter so much, it seems to me, that they are protected and there's no actual suspense that something's bad's going to happen to them. How many times can Sam almost die? How many times can Lady Brienne and the Hound and Jamie almost die when they're fighting against, uh, you know, huge odds? Ultimately, these are the people who died. 
uh, in the episode. Lyanna Mormont, which was a pretty cool in-death scene, I will be honest with you. The stabbing the, uh, the, the zombie giant, the White Walker giant in the eye as she got crushed to death was a pretty cool way to go for the little girl there. Uh, you had Ed, who was the last surviving member of the Night's Watch, uh, but was not really an integral part of the of the show. Beric Dondarrion, who has already died like 19 times and finally died a 20th time. You had, um, who else was out there that died in in this episode that was not Jorah? Well, Jorah and Theon, yeah. all those people died. And Theon was so self-evident that he was going to die the minute he said, oh, I'll stand with you, Bran, by the tree of life there. Yeah. And Jorah has been close to death a ton and even when he died, I didn't feel some great, like, oh, my God, the trajectory of the show has changed. So to me, all five people who died in this episode were relatively non-essential characters that don't really change anything about the storyline already. And so Game of Thrones, which began its reign as the most dominant television show, maybe of our lives, uh, at least in the last 20 years, and certainly one of the uh, most talked about shows of all time, it just hasn't panned out in a way that I would have anticipated. Was it exhilarating and exciting and fun? Yes, but it felt like a uh, it it felt like just popcorn. Like there was no substance to this, and I wanted more out of the Night King. Like I want to know more about him. I wanted to know more about his confrontation with Bran. What was like the tension between the two of them? Uh, and and I just felt like Arya arrived out of nowhere and it was just a failure of the storytelling. Like, there could have been ways for the Night King to die that made more sense. For instance, Arya could have set him up by being Bran in the, uh, in the chair, right? She has the ability to be the many-faced god. She can be at so many different people. She could have somehow managed to become a White Walker, potentially. There could have been an uh, explanation of how she went from that tiny room with Melisandre and the Hound where they appear to be trapped to suddenly showing up out of nowhere and managing to stab the Night King. If you're the Night King, why would you ever get close to humans? If all it takes is one stab wound to you and your entire army dies, why would you ever remotely get close to humans again? And well, you can say, well, Bran drew him closer. Okay, but why is everybody else not surrounding you, protecting you, when they know that the entire army's fate is predicated on you maintaining your uh, your safety and your ability to continue to manage the manage the troops, so to speak, I just don't get it. So uh, I want to go around the horn, get your verdict, letter grade. That's what I'll start with letter grade on the episode, Danny G. I will give it a B. I would give it an A if there was a little more action that we could see, because I agree with you. I stood in front of my TV. I even changed the setting. On, to try to be able to yeah, see it Yeah, 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 which helped a little bit, but it was too dark. I wish, I really wish the battle scene had happened in the I morning. I don't understand how you could spend as much money on uh, this, this broadcast, you know, this battle as you did and not be able to see anything. I mean, it, like you would think this would be noticed as a flaw 
in the filming process that it's all shadows and it's so hard to tell who's fighting and 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 how messy it is and i get that there's that element of cinema verite or whatever where they're like oh we're trying to show you how claustrophobic and difficult it was to fight i also by the way felt like the starks coming back to life in the crypt was undersold too like i thought that could have been so much more interesting the the best part let me say this the best part of this episode by far and, and, and if I'm being too critical, it's because my expectations for this show are so high, given the fact that they had 18 months essentially to do all this and to plot out the ending. Uh, I thought the scene where uh, Daenerys rains down fire on the Night King and he then just emerges and basically brushes his shoulders off and starts to raise the dead again. Uh, as Jon Snow is rushing towards him, was phenomenal. Like, I thought that entire scene was riveting. And I thought that the scene as the Night King approached um, Bran and just wiped out Theon, stabbed him with his own uh, with his own spear, I thought that was approaching. And I wanted, I felt like the climax was reaching there. And then Arya just showed up and completely changed, like, in a negative way, the payoff point because I wanted to see what was going to happen between Bran and the Night King and then Arya just shows up and stabs him like I I felt like it was so unfulfilling to have the battle in that way Dub what do you think yeah I'm going to give it a B as well because my expectations like yours are through the roof it was a good episode but I feel a little shorted here because in the last episode we had Bran and Tyrion sitting by the fireplace. We have no idea what took place in that conversation. I feel like we could have learned many important details about all the mysteries of this show and like you, I agree. The Night King and Bran. I was expecting a little history lesson there perhaps. You yes. know, Bran is the three-eyed raven. He knows everything. I was really hoping they would have I don't know, maybe a, some sort of conversation, something to give us more details about the mystery of the Night King, because, you know, he's this legend in the show, but now we're here, he's dead, and we don't really know any more than we knew to start this season. I feel like the Night King had a glass chin and went out like a bitch. Like, I mean, you built up this incredible villain. And then Arya just stabs him with the dagger that was tried to, you know, I mean, I just felt like it's the equivalent of believing that somebody is the baddest man on the planet. And then it reminded me of like Ronda Rousey getting knocked out by Holly Holm. He was Patrick Beverly and Arya was Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, I just I wanted more there. And I also what was the purpose of Bran warging into the three eyed raven for the whole episode, basically like he did nothing. And then we get that moment where the Night King finally catches up to Bran. And I want something to happen there, like there to be some payoff. And it's like the writers are out of ideas and they had no idea what to do. And they're like, oh, we'll just have uh, Aria. Like, I, I felt like, um, remember when uh, LeBron James had the dunk and it was the, like somebody said, from the mezzanine? I felt like Aria just kind of came in out of the mezzanine, right? Like she comes flying in over the, uh, over the entire Night King army and nobody stops her. I mean, there's thousands of army soldiers there and nobody stops her. And we have no idea how she got there because she was in that room with Melisandre. And then suddenly, like, by the way, if Melisandre doesn't show up, she was definitely the MVP of the battle. 
Like, what game plan did they have there if she doesn't have fire to be able to put in and they couldn't even light the trench of fire? Like, this was one of the worst designed battle plans of all time. Yeah, but good thing Theon had 10,000 arrows. How many arrows did he shoot? And finally he looks down and he's like, uh-oh, last one. Yeah, well, and then well, how about Bran being like, hey, basically you've been a good brother, Theon. Like, we know he's going to die. And how far did Theon have to run to charge <laughs> the Night King? Looked like a long, it looked yeah. like he was sprinting for a no, long like jump. like a 100-yard dash. I mean, I could see him coming a long way away. And then the Night King just grabs his spear, breaks it, and stabs him with it. And then Arya just manages to get in and stab him with the dagger. Like, I just I didn't find it to be a uh, a very fulfilling end to the episode. Yeah, but Arya is a trained assassin. I get we can't it. compare she, her also, to Theon. She's also five foot tall and weighs a hundred pounds. That's right? how she's like, a ninja and snuck yeah, in there. All right, I don't buy it. All right, I don't buy that that any hundred pound girl should be able to kill the baddest uh, the baddest man on the planet without sexist without some form of duplicity. Like that's the reason why she has the ability to go to many faces. I thought there was a way, like if she had somehow been in the brand chair, right? Like if we hadn't seen Arya hardly at all throughout the episode and we're like, where's Arya? And then it comes out that she and Bran, like she tricked the Night King into believing that she was Bran. And then, you know, like as the Night King is coming, like we get some sort of revelation but also then and the Night King thinks he's going to be able to kill Bran and boom, it's actually Arya and she outsmarts him. Like that I would buy into. Uh, I would even buy into a ridiculous scene like when she and the Hound are in that room together with Melisandre. I would buy into some sort of scheme that they concocted in that room together to get there. Even if it's like something crazy where the Hound's like, so you're telling me you bloody want me to fire you on a catapult across the entire castle to, to, to go save Bran with the Night King? And Arya's like, yeah. And he's like, you know, and then the, the hound's like bloody, you know, like cursing like a, a, a madman, but they're somehow on a rampart of the castle and that works. Like he just, you know, like hits a button and she goes flying through the air. Like get me to her being there in a realistic fashion. And that goes to my willingness to suspend disbelief uh, for purposes of the show. But take me into that process so that I don't feel like suddenly Arya appears out of nowhere, even if she was able to be a White Walker, right? Like if if suddenly like all those guys who are part of the the the, the Night King's, uh, you know, like it appears like his top advisors, if one of them suddenly was Arya, like I would be like, oh my god, like that was amazing, you know, like. But as is, I just felt like it, it didn't make sense. What about you, Roberto? What was your what letter grade would you give it? Uh, I was gonna go B plus, but. Because I, I I like the fact that Arya killed the Night King. She's one of my favorite characters since the the first episode. But the fact that Sam is still alive is kind of kind of stupid, and the Night King's dead. You know that doesn't make that doesn't make sense. And uh, the fact that the fight scene was terrible, man. It was too dark. Couldn't see. At first, it looked like everybody was dying, but because it was so hard, it was so hard to see the during the fight scene. So I give it a B. Yeah, um, and, and I feel, again, I understand. Look, I really love Game of Thrones. I feel like a lot of people out there are giving it a pass because they've waited so long for it to be on. And then when you actually start to go back through the individual threads of the story, it's really not that good. I mean, first of all, I don't even understand Melisandre at this point because she's still a Lord of Light's disciple, but sometimes her prophecies are correct and other times they aren't. 
Like, so sometimes she's completely wrong, and then other times she can be right. So I, I don't really even get that we're supposed to believe, oh, you know, like she's infallible or whatever it is. Oh, she can see into Arya's eyes and see all these things. And then again, I wrote several thousand words about this episode right after it ended. You can go read it at outkick.com and work your way through. But I feel like Game of Thrones was sold to us over the past several seasons as a matchup of chess grandmasters. And the last couple of seasons, it's basically turned into Uno. Like, you know, there is no grand thought process behind it. And it's all very predictable. And the unpredictability of the show, which was its calling card since season one, has given up. Like, and, and they're afraid to kill off characters. And so we just keep having famous characters threatened but not actually dying. I mean, think about who survived. Sansa, Tyrion, Bran, Jon, Jon Snow, Daenerys, uh, Sam, Gilly, uh, Lady Brienne. Uh, Theon finally died, but you still got uh, you still got Jamie Lannister. Sir, I, mean, it, I think that helps make the last uh, war more interesting because it's going to be more dramatic as well, what is Jamie going to do? What side is he going to pick? And and maybe, but she still has the two dragons. Like I, I feel like the two dragons could just fly down and burn down, you know, uh, burn down everything and 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 kill Cersei, and it'll be over. True. So anyway, we're going to open up the phone lines. I will answer your questions. Eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. We're reacting to uh, season eight, episode three, last night's Game of Thrones biggest audience by far and I did ask I was I was curious about this I asked you guys going into the weekend because there was so much to see Avengers Endgame came out um we had the Game of Thrones NFL draft NBA NHL playoffs I gave you guys four options I said you can only watch one Avengers Endgame Game of Thrones NFL draft or the NBA or the NHL playoffs uh 36,000 of you voted in my poll NBA and NHL playoffs combined got 15% of the vote. The NFL draft got 15% of the vote. Uh, Avengers Endgame got 21% of the, the vote. And Game of Thrones got 49% of the vote for if you could only watch one. So 70% of you picked Game of Thrones or Avengers Endgame over the NFL draft and the NBA and the NHL playoffs. When we come back, your calls will continue to react uh, to uh, to everything that happened last night in uh, the Battle of Winterfell between the Night King's army and the remaining uh, decent humans. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be all right, let's go to the calls. Uh, who should we go to first, Dub? All right, we got Adam in Washington. Adam in Washington. What's shaking? Hey, Clay. 
So last night, I'm going to give it a B plus, just because my girl Aria killed the king. I called it. But yeah, like you said, there is a lot of stuff left over, wide open. Why this? Why that? The Dothraki wiped off the map, basically. <laughs> uh, I think the last battle against Cersei is going to be awesome. That's why there's so many characters left not killed, because they all have beef with Cersei. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the call. Mate. Yeah, thanks for the call. Here's my concern about that. If we get into the final battle, if you go back and you watch, and, and at some point I'm sure I probably will, because I think my kids will get old enough and they'll want to watch Game of Thrones and I'll go back and watch it. Seasons one through four pretty much are all about character development. Now it seems like we've turned it into like a Michael Bay, we have tons of money to spend, CGI spectacle. And you can't even see everything on the CGI spectacle. And I felt like the White Walkers knocking down the wall at Castle Black was, uh, you know, to finally make their march south. Like that we were going to get more of a payoff with all of the myth and all the mythology and all of Bran, like being a warg and everything else. And then he's just sitting there and Arya comes out of nowhere to kill the Night King. I just, I, I, I again, was not fulfilled by the way that this thing ended. And one of the great villains of all time in the Night King just disappears. And uh, I just, I don't buy it. Let's go to the next call. Got Keith down in Georgia. Keith in Georgia, what's up? Uh, do you think that since uh, Braun sent to the north to kill either Tyrion or Jamie, do you think one of them could die next episode? Yeah, that's a good question. Thanks, thanks for the call. So, well, I should mention also that the one interesting, you know, Iron Throne dynamic that we saw was potentially a union or an alliance between Tyrion and Sansa. Uh, that came out of the crypt down below. I also feel like, by the way, the Starks being reanimated could have been so much more interesting uh, when the Night King brings everybody back to life and the, the, the dead bodies in the crypt come out. I thought there was so much potential there and we didn't get any real payoff um, in the grand scheme of things there. All right, what? Uh, but I, I don't think that Braun is going to kill either Tyrion or uh, Jamie even though I do think he's an intriguing character and he has been sent on his assassin's mission, I would think that he would play prominently in episode four before they get down to uh, down to uh, the uh, King's Landing. Who's up next? Tommy in Kentucky. Tommy. Hey, what's up, man? Well, I want to give the, uh, the episode a grade A, uh, but I also think there was a lot of foreshadowing that happened in the previous seasons um, that came you know, through fruition here, like um, season three, like episode six or whatever, when Melisandre first met Arya, she said, I see darkness. Yeah, but here's um, my issue with the- that. People are like, oh, Melisandre, they talked about it in season three, episode six. I see, you know, blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes. I think Cersei, by the way, has green eyes. But a lot of Melisandre's predictions have been wrong. So she's uh, her magic in terms of being able to fore- foresee what is going to come is not always accurate at all. In fact, she got Stannis Baratheon to burn his daughter to death. And then she shows back up and suddenly she gets stuff right again. And we're like, oh, you know, she's clearly like uh, seen the future. No, I mean, sometimes she's right. Sometimes she's wrong. We're not talking about Nostradamus here. Who's up next? 
We got Matt in Texas. Matt in Texas. Clay, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what you got for me? So uh, I'm going to give you my grade and then get a good question for you. Yep. Uh, I give a C plus. Yep. Ninety percent fighting. The plot didn't move very much, in my opinion. Uh, my wife and I were talking all day. We are so ready for somebody to die. Yep. Like a main character, and that was what made the show exciting in the beginning. Uh, no one was fake. You got Ned, Bob, Catelyn. Um, so that was that was kind of disappointing. Yeah, some minor character dies, but who cares about that? Um, so we wanted somebody to die. Uh, the best part, in our opinion, was when Danny attempted to kill the Night King with yes, fire. Yes, that's the best part. And I agree. that was like the highlight of the, the episode, in our opinion. Uh, she was unsuccessful, and then my wife said, you can't kill a dragon with fire, which we think the Night King was a Targaryen. Right. So we think there'd be a great spinoff, perhaps, of how the Night King took his rise to power. What is his story? Yeah, I agree and completely. so I just like your comment about, do you think the Night King's Targaryen? Do you think there's even a chance of a successful spinoff show in the future? I thought that's what I was hoping for, was that with Bran there who can see everything, sitting at the tree of life where there seems to be this mystical connection between Bran, the tree of life, the Night King, the the children of the forest, all these all these aspects. Um, I thought that we were going to get a payoff as to who exactly the Night King is and how he rose to be the leader of this army in particular and what his background is and whether he might have been a Targaryen in the past and all those things. I loved the scene where Daenerys rains down fire on him and he comes walking out and, you know, does his raise the dead movement again. But I felt like in the end, he was just a spectral and unrealized figure who wasn't worthy of our focus. Like he was he was Darth Maul HBO version. And I wanted there to be something more to him than just this mute white walking force of uh of cold and winter and evil. Uh who's up next? Tyrone in Birmingham. Tyrone, what you got for me? Hey man. <laughs> is Brian the most useless wizard ever? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Uh, one of my friends, man. I, He's been like, who's going to die? Who's gonna... I said, no one can die because this is not the end game for this. You're only three episodes in with three left. None of those main characters died. It, it was obvious to me. I called it about 30 minutes in. Arya's going to kill the Night King, especially after the conversation with the witch. Yep. It, I wasn't disappointed, but man, I'm like, are you going to kill this guy, or are you as useless as a bug, man? Yeah, Bran, a bug, man. Bran is, thank you for the call, Bran is utterly worthless. And and I just, um, again, I, people out there who are responding on Twitter, like, there, I feel as if me pointing out the flaws in the show, in my opinion, is hurting their feelings. And I get it, because we all waited 18 months for this, and so you want it to be justified based on the amount of time that you spent waiting on it. But my expectations are higher than what the show has delivered so far. And I think they've gotten a lot of money 
and they've allowed the sizzle to overwhelm the steak. Like the steak is the battle for the Iron Throne and the power and the development of the characters and all of the intricacies of their uh, of their interactions. And instead, the battles have come to overwhelm the CGI. It's like Transformers has taken over Game of Thrones. Michael Bay has turned it into a big battle, one long battle scene. There was almost no words in this entire episode. And at times I liked it, like a symphony of death. A lot of times there was no, they had music in the background. I thought it was very cool the way they did it at times, but the payoff was not enough for me. And I I thought it landed flat. And worst of all, I thought it was lazy of the writers. I thought they didn't bring it full circle in an intelligent fashion. I thought they left me out to dry. Continue to take your calls, 877-996-6369. We are hanging out here on uh, Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. All right, let's go to the calls. Uh, Who should we go to first, Dub? All right, we got Adam in Washington. Adam in Washington. What's shaking? Hey, Clay. So last night, I'm going to give it a B plus just because my girl, Aria, killed the king. I called it. But yeah, like you said, there is a lot of stuff left over, wide open. Why this? Why that? The Dothraki wiped off the map, basically. <laughs> uh, I think the last battle against Cersei is going to be awesome. That's why there's so many characters left not killed because they all have beef with Cersei. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the call. Mate. Yeah, thanks for the call. Here's my concern about that: if we get into the final battle. If you go back and you watch, and at some point I'm sure I probably will because I think my kids will get old enough and they'll want to watch Game of Thrones and I'll go back and watch it. Seasons one through four pretty much are all about character development. Now it seems like we've turned it into like a Michael Bay, we have tons of money to spend, CGI spectacle. And you can't even see everything on the CGI spectacle. And I felt like the White Walkers knocking down the wall at Castle Black was, uh, you know, to finally make their march south, like that we were going to get more of a payoff with all of the myth and all the mythology and all of Bran, like being a warg and everything else. And then he's just sitting there and Arya comes out of nowhere to kill the Night King. I just, I, 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 again, was not fulfilled by the way that this thing ended. And one of the great villains of all time in the Night King just disappears. And uh, I just, I don't buy it. Let's go to the next call. Got Keith down in Georgia. Keith in Georgia, what's up? Uh, do you think that since uh, Braun is being sent to the North to kill either Tyrion or Jamie, do you think one of them could die next episode? Yeah, that's a good question. Thanks, thanks for the call. So well, I should mention also that the one interesting, you know, Iron Throne dynamic that we saw was potentially a union or an alliance between Tyrion and Sansa uh, that came out of the crypt down below. I also feel like, by the way, the Starks being reanimated could have been so much more interesting uh, when the Night King brings everybody back to life and the, the, the dead bodies in the crypt come out. I thought there was so much potential there and we didn't get any real payoff um, in the grand scheme of things there. All right, what? Uh, but I, I don't think that Braun is going to kill either Tyrion or uh, Jamie. 
even though I do think he's an intriguing character and he has been sent on his assassin's mission, uh, mission, I would think that he would play prominently in episode four before they get down to uh, down to uh, the uh, King's Landing. Who's up next? Tommy in Kentucky. Tommy. Hey, what's up, man? I want to give the, uh, the episode a grade A, uh, but I also think there was a lot of foreshadowing that happened in the previous seasons um, that came you know, through fruition here, like um, season three, like episode six or whatever, when Melisandre first met Arya, she said, I see darkness. Yeah, but here's um, my issue yeah, with the- that. People are like, oh, Melisandre, they talked about it in season three, episode six. I see, you know, blue eyes, brown eyes, green eyes. I think Cersei, by the way, has green eyes. But a lot of Melisandre's predictions have been wrong. So she's uh, her magic in terms of being able to fore- foresee what is going to come is not always accurate at all. In fact, she got Stannis Baratheon to burn his daughter to death. And then she shows back up and suddenly she gets stuff right again. And we're like, oh, you know, she's clearly like uh, seeing the future. No, I mean, sometimes she's right. Sometimes she's wrong. We're not talking about Nostradamus here. Who's up next? We got Matt in Texas. Matt in Texas. Clay, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what you got for me? So uh, I'm going to give you my grade and I've got a good question for you. Yep. Uh, I give a C plus. Yep. 90% fighting. The plot didn't move very much, in my opinion. Uh, my wife and I were talking all day. We are so ready for somebody to die. Yep. Like a main character. And that was what made the show exciting in the beginning. Uh, no one was sick. You got Ned, Bob, Catelyn. Um, so that was, that was kind of disappointing. Yeah, some minor character dies. But who cares about that? Um, so we wanted somebody to die. Uh, the best part, in our opinion, was when Danny attempted to kill the Night King with yes, fire. That's the best part. And I agree. that was like the highlight of the, the episode, in our opinion. Uh, she was unsuccessful, and then my wife said, You can't kill a dragon with fire, which we think the Night King was a Targaryen. Right. So we think there'd be a great spinoff, perhaps, of how the Night King took his rise to power what is his story yeah i agree and so i just like your comment about do you think the night king's targaryen do you think there's even a chance of a successful spinoff show in the future i thought that's what i was hoping for was that with bran there who can see everything sitting at the tree of life where there seems to be this mystical connection between bran the tree of life the night king the the children of the forest all these all these aspects um, I thought that we were going to get a payoff as to who exactly the Night King is and how he rose to be the leader of this army in particular and what his background is and whether he might have been a Targaryen in the past and all those things. I loved the scene where Daenerys rains down fire on him and he comes walking out and you know does his raise the dead m- movement again. But... I felt like in the end, he was just a spectral and unrealized figure who wasn't worthy of our focus. Like he was, he was Darth Maul HBO version. And I wanted there to be something more to him than just this mute, white walking force of, uh, of cold and winter and evil. Uh, who's up next? Tyrone in Birmingham. Tyrone, what you got for me? Hey, man. <laughs> 
is Brian the most useless wizard ever? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, one of my friends, man, I, he's been like, who's going to die? Who's gonna? I said, no one can die because this is not the end game for this. You're only three episodes in with three left. None of those main characters died. It, it was obvious to me. I called it about 30 minutes in. Aria's going to kill the Night King. Especially after that conversation with the witch. Yep. It, I wasn't disappointed. But, man, I'm like, are you going to kill this guy or are you as, as useless as a bug man? Yeah, Brian. Bran is thank you for the call. Bran is utterly worthless. And and I just um again, I people out there who are responding on Twitter like there I feel as if me pointing out the flaws in the show and my opinion is hurting their feelings. And I get it cuz we all waited 18 months for this and so you want it to be justified based on the amount of time that you spent waiting on it. But my expectations are higher than what the show has delivered so far. And I think they've gotten a lot of money and they've allowed the sizzle to overwhelm the stake. Like the stake is the battle for the Iron Throne and the power and the development of the characters and all of the intricacies of their uh, of their interactions. And instead the battles have come to overwhelm the CGI. It's like Transformers has taken over Game of Thrones. Michael Bay has turned it into a big battle, one long battle scene. There was almost no words in this entire episode. And at times I liked it, like a symphony of death. A lot of times there was no, they had music in the background. I thought it was very cool the way they did it at times, but the payoff was not enough for me. And I, I thought it landed flat. And worst of all, I thought it was lazy of the writers. I thought they didn't bring it full circle in an intelligent fashion. I thought they left me out to dry. Continue to take your calls, 877-996-6369. We are hanging out here on uh, Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico. Outkick Studios going to get to your calls quickly as we're rolling through Game of Thrones. Who's up next, Dub? We got Jeff in Indiana. Jeff, fire away. Winter has been coming for seven years. Every episode, Night King, the White Walkers, Winter, and suddenly, Aura is dropped out of the sky and stabbed. It was ridiculous. Now, how about Jon Snow flying a dragon, picks her up by one of the claws, she puts on a ghost walker, white walker face, and then comes in and stabs. Now, real quickly, my grown son read all the books, had a great point. George R.R. R. Martin didn't finish this. And it looks like your analogy is Michael Bay coming in. It looks like Hollywood took over where Martin left off and just left us all unsatisfied. And real quick, and I'll get off. What about the weird music when Jon Snow was dodging the ice fire? I knew it was over. It was done. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the call. I do think that George R. R. Martin's complexity as the books have not, as they pass the books chronologically, that there has been a struggle to develop the same uh, amount of character depth. 
without his books as the source material. Now, he's working with the people who are doing the shows, and he's obviously moving slowly in writing a book. But, uh, but yeah, look, uh, it, there's no doubt that they have they've traded in, I think, complexity of story for the budgets. And the budgets have led to big, unbelievable blockbuster, you know, Avengers-like battles, but the depth is not there. I watched Avengers, and I thought Avengers wrapped up its, uh, its tr- you know, 22 films or whatever it was much better. I watched that with my kids on Sunday, much better. And it was far from perfect, but it was infinitely better than what Game of Thrones did and in wrapping up its war with the White Walkers. Who's up next? Evan in Colorado. Evan in Colorado. What's shaking, my man? Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. So um, I'm just calling because I had a couple of points. First off, did anybody notice how the Night King's generals resembled Stark's facial hair-wise, hair-wise? Just a kind of a quick note there. Now, I believe HBO's spinoff is supposed to take place in the Golden Age of Heroes, which is where the Night King was created. Yeah. So I think with three episodes left, Two episodes are going to be to deal with Cersei, and then one will go back to the origin of the Night King, and then at that point they will set up set it up for the spinoff. Um, love this segment. Love Animal Thunderdome. Go Nuggets. Go Abs. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that developed uh, a bit more. I wanted the payoff in this episode with Bran there by the tree and everything else associated with it. Who's up next, Dub? Adam in Jacksonville. Adam in Jacksonville. What's going on? Hey, bud, thanks for having me on your show, man. Um, so, when Melisandre had that conversation with Arya and she mentioned the brown eyes, the green eyes, the yes. eyes I felt like it would have been more fitting before when, when the, uh, when, whenever she attacked us, she was wearing one of the, one of the dead guys' masks. So she was kind of like part of that group and she attacks him. He grabs her, she pulls the mask off and then stabs him and kills him. But that was just my opinion. I watched the Avengers movie, and maybe it's because I watched that, that this wasn't as satisfying as the other movie. So just definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I think the payoff would have been better, should have been infinitely better. Um, and also, again, I go back to Melisandre's had a lot of inaccurate prophecies. So the fact that she got one right, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to believe there. What else we got? Caleb in West Virginia. Caleb, what's shaking? Hey, Clay. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, I want to start off with just how underwhelming this episode was. Um, Just the whole build-up through the seasons and expecting so much more out of this season. And even having the first two episodes of this season be leading up to the Battle of Winterfell. And then it all just kind of ended so quickly with the Night King. And I do feel like there was a lot more to Bran's story than what was shown on the screen. And I just think that could have been a really interesting plot point to drag out. Yep. Just kind of amazing to me that they ended it as quick as they did. Um, but thank you for taking my call. Yep. Outkick VIP, what you got for me? I just, I think it would have been, the episode would have been saved if we could have had just a five-minute conversation between the Night King and Bran just to give some sort of history and amen. And I, I think that, that that's exactly what's missing. I don't mind they're killing him or whatever, but I just want to know more of, of the relationship between the two. I think that's where they dropped the ball. Yeah. I think they totally, totally dropped the ball there. And, and I think I would have felt so much more satisfied if there had been a payoff there for Bran and the night King finally together. 
instead of Arya showing up from the rafters and getting him with the dagger. Uh, we'll continue more Game of Thrones next on OutKick. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installed near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Let's go ahead and finish off. We got a couple of callers left who want to react to hour two as we were breaking down Game of Thrones episode three of season eight last night, the battle for Winterfell. Uh, let me go to those dub who we got left. We got Corey in Atlanta. Corey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Um, I just thought that it lacked uh, creativity that if you think about it, there was Arya and the other girl both in one episode. They both were grabbed and lifted up and stabbed the White Walkers the same way in the same episode. I just thought electric could be the right could have done better. Did you also find like the Night King as this incredible villain and then I felt like he went out like Ronda Rousey did when she got beat by Holly Holm. It was just ultimately pretty unfulfilling, like and it made you feel as if why did I buy into this storyline to begin with? Yeah, we lost Corey in Atlanta. Okay. But, uh, up next, we got Kirk in Indiana. Kirk in Indiana. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, I completely disagree. I think it was an A all the way. The uh, the terror of being in battle with an enemy that you know is there and can't see, I think that's, that's awesome. Uh, also, I think it showed a little bit of the vulnerability of the Night King. He was scared. You know, we got this guy, he's almost omnipotent. And he, he ain't even there for the beginning of the battle. You know, he brings in the storm. He uses the dark. I thought I thought it was really awesome. And, you know, we all speculated about what was going to happen. And I think that, uh, you know, I thought Aria was going to die. You know, she had sex. She's kind of... The, like the horror story, you know, the horror movie. Yeah. Schools, you know, whoever had sex, they die. But I think it was really awesome the way it ended. I think that for stealth training and all that came into effect, it really came around. And, you know, she was she was fighting a different kind of battle than everybody else. And I didn't see it coming. I loved it. When I saw that guy's hair move, I was like, oh, crap. And I stood up when she stabbed him. I mean, I was really excited. And... One thing that you said, Clay, you know, and we speculated, you know, my friends and I, you know, that she was going to take another shape or another form. You know, she could only take the shape of the dead. Yeah. She could only take the shape of the uh, that died. So Bran wouldn't have been an option there. Great discussion. Thanks for the call there. we got a couple more calls we're going to get to, 877-996-6369. Um, my my issue with the way Arya killed the Night King was the last time we see Arya prior to the stabbing, 
she is trapped in a room in the castle with the hound and Melisandre. And there's the door that they've, you know, basically blocked. But we know that the uh, the army of the dead can get through basically any kind of door, right? I mean, we've seen them bust through everything. And so they're trapped there in what seems to be, uh, you know, basically a, a room with no exit necessarily. And then the next scene is her suddenly jumping over the entire White Walker army and killing the Night King. So how did she get there? I'm willing to buy in to the fact that Arya can kill the Night King with that dagger, which has been a significant plot point ever since season one when the Valerian still dagger was used to try to kill Bran after he was shoved off the wall by Jamie. So I'm willing to buy into the fact that Arya could kill the Night King. But how do we get her from that point in the castle where she is trapped with the Hound to suddenly being able to get past all of those White Walkers and come flying through the air and kill the Night King? It's just improbable. I believe in the magic of the show, but I request that the magic of the show at least maintain some legitimacy under its own magical rules and I don't understand how Arya got there. I also don't understand what the Night King's army was doing if they weren't protecting the Night King. So how did Arya get past all of those guys to get to the Night King? And how did she get out of the castle room with, uh, with, the, uh, with the Hound? I said earlier, like if they had put her in a catapult and catapulted her there into the tree, I would have believed it. If somehow she had been in disguise, I would have believed it. If she had been under Brand's robe in the uh, in the wheelchair and suddenly popped out, we hadn't seen her for most of the episode, and they had set a trap for the Night King, just when you think he's going to kill Bran, I would have believed it. But ultimately, I wanted there to be some sort of interaction between the Night King and Bran other than Arya just showing up and saving him. I think we've got another call on the Outkick VIP line. What's up? Yeah, Dan in New Jersey. Dan in New Jersey. What you got for me? Hey, Clay. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I agree with you. Overall, the episode was pretty underwhelming. I got two quick points I want to make. First of all, I I think it's really frustrating that um, the White Walkers died this early in the season. Um, One of the big themes of the show is that nobody, um, nobody in Westeros believes they even exist. And now you're going to just kill them off without, you know, a large portion of the of Westeros seeing them. Um, I think that's that's pretty uh, disappointing. And second of all, I, I'm still um, still hurt about the fact that we didn't get a one v one with uh, the Night King and Jon Snow. It, was, it looked like it was setting up for that, and yes. then the Night King uh, pulls a, a you know a huge pussy willow bed <laughs> and run away kind of thing. So. I think that that was definitely uh, an underwhelming uh, point in the episode. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I, I, I loved the walking out. of. I thought the, the episode to me peaked. The most awesome scene in the entire episode was when the there was about a three-minute process there where I thought, okay, this is going to get really good. I love what we're building towards. 
when Daenerys fires uh, from her uh, from her dragon, all the fire brought to bear on the Night King. And then when the Night King uh, steps out of the fire and then slowly raises his arms and all of the dead, now including the dead from uh, the, the, the Marine Army and everybody else, the Dothraki, become members of his white walking horde. I thought that was amazing. And then also the dead start coming to life in the Stark family crypt. All of that I thought was extraordinary. And even up to Theon running and trying to stab him, I was willing to buy into all that. But I just thought the conclusion with Arya coming out of a room where she's got no escape to suddenly ending up alongside of the Night King and killing him just made no sense. It was too much magic for me, and it was an unfulfilling end for the Night King. I don't feel like we learned anything. Like, he was a bad guy, but I wanted to know his motivation. I wanted to know where exactly he came from. I also wanted to know about the guys who were walking with him. Give me some form of payoff. And I thought maybe because Bran was warging inside of the Three-Eyed Raven for the entire episode, pretty much, that maybe we were going to get some sort of uh, revelation there, and we didn't. And ultimately, I think that's a narrative flaw of the show, particularly given the writers had 18 months to figure out a way to resolve this in a more fulfilling fashion. And I just didn't think they did. Now, maybe the last three episodes of the season, and there are a lot of people out there, they're hopping on my Twitter feed, they're mad at me. Like, look within the story. You are mad because you waited 18 months, so you're unhappy that anybody points out any flaws. To me, when you wait 18 months for a story, like, think about this. If I didn't do radio for 18 months, and then I came back and I gave you three mediocre shows, if you were a huge fan of mine, you'd be like, I haven't seen anything from Clay Travis for 18 months. And then he comes back, and he puts on three mediocre radio shows back to back to back after saying he's been in his laboratory working to put together the greatest radio shows of all time? If I didn't write anything for 18 months and then I came back and the first three things you saw from me that I had 18 months to work on were not the most phenomenal things I'd ever written, I think the expectation level, you guys would be like, hey, you know what? Just because I waited doesn't mean it has to be good. And so far, I think the Game of Thrones has traded what made it great, character development, the battle for the Iron Throne, for a lot of CGI. I think it's turned into Transformers. And I think the reason why you're willing to accept that this is good at all is because of all the work that went into the first several years of episodes when they made you care about these characters, but they're not adding new layers to make you care about the characters more now. They're just throwing big battles out there and expecting you to like them. And I think that's what's been disappointing for me so far. This hasn't been the payoff that I was anticipating after 18 months to get ready. And I expected better. That doesn't mean the last three episodes can't be fantastic or won't be. It's just I wanted this to be as good of a show as has ever existed on television. And I think they've gone with the pyrotechnics over the character development 
and that's starting to fray the overall enjoyment of the show for me. Doesn't mean I'm not going to watch the final three episodes or somehow I'm crushed. Like, it was an entertaining episode, no doubt. But it wasn't one that you watched that was anywhere near to me as good as several of the other episodes that have existed on this show. I'm not sure last night's episode, if you're being honest, there have been, what's the math on this right now, about 70 episodes, right? Right around 70 episodes, I believe. I certainly don't think last night was a top 10 episode. Might have been a top 20. I think if you're being honest with yourself, and if you were going back and watching all these in close proximity to each other, I think that's what you'd have to be thinking. We have two more callers right now. Right. If you want to go to them Yeah, quick. let me go ahead and get them because uh, I want to make sure that the one thing we try to do is, especially with the Game of Thrones segments, make sure that we get as much interaction as we can. So let's go to those two calls. Who we got? All right, we got Lucas in California. Lucas in California. What you got for us? Uh, Battle of the Bastards was better. Yes. Than Battle of Winterfell. Yes. And it was way underrated than what they made it out to be. What was way underrated? So that's all I- yeah, okay. I, I'm not sure exactly what he said there. Um, I thought Hard Home, I think, which was the episode where we first saw the the Night King and Jon Snow face-to-face staring at each other. I thought the scene where Jon Snow is in the boat and they're backing away and we slowly see the Night King raise his arms and everybody comes to life behind him. I thought that was infinitely better than this battle. And if you remember the way they swept down and just wiped out everybody there, the wildlings and the uh, and, and everything associated with that episode, uh, I just didn't think we got much payoff, honestly, uh, for now in the eighth season of Expectation. And this was like the 70th episode. So we're talking about 70 hours of television. Uh, what else? Who Who's last? All right, last one here. Manny in South Carolina. Manny in South Carolina. What's up? Hey, brother. Just wanted to give you talk to you about this Uh uh, I was I was I was interested in kind of talking about the how it was reminiscent of Snoke and how Ryan Johnson killed him off in Star Wars, kind of what, with nobody ever finding out who he was, what his importance was to the story. Yes, it just seems like the writers in HBO just kind of dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, it's it's a good callback to uh, to Star Wars. I mean, I think ultimately every story comes down to the quality of the writing. And I, I think one of the challenges you get into is all of the uh, all of the excitement and CGI and all the, the special effects and the storytelling, all those things matter only in the context that you care about the characters. And that's what I'm hitting on here is the characters have stopped for the most part evolving and we've just now thrown them into big battle points. And that's fine. Like the battles and everything else are entertaining but the only reason you care about the characters is because of the years prior, not because of what's actually happening right now. The characters, by and large, have stopped evolving. And Theon's a great example. Was anybody like last night when Theon died, did anybody feel sad? Even Jorah. When Jorah died, did anybody really feel sad? It's because the characters are established as what they are. And I think that's a challenge is that we've stopped character evolution. And as a result, we've just got these major battle scenes that we throw characters into, but it doesn't really reveal anything new about those characters to us. What do we know about any character on Game of Thrones that we didn't know before we watched episode three? 
maybe we learned a little bit about Sansa and Tyrion and the fact that maybe they're going to end up together from a character and plot development point. That's the only thing I can think of that happened in this episode that could matter beyond this episode. And really good stories take you to a place where you're constantly having your expectations upended and the characters are continuing to evolve. For the most part, the character evolution of Game of Thrones has ceased. Jamie's a great example. Jamie has redeemed himself completely. And so what is left for him to do? Maybe kill Cersei just so we can see their relationship come to that conflict and her become the Mad Queen. But he is not changing in any way. And so I think that's the challenge that we're, that we're up against here. What Game of Thrones character has changed in any way in Season 8 so far? What true revelation have we received? And I think that's why I find it somewhat unfulfilling. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.